Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. And that is not Austin. If you were listening, that's Matt there. Austin is off on a bro date in New York City with Felix. So they're having their date. Matt and I are having our little date here tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little... Um little upset about it um you know so i, I I'll, I'll be honest i'm gonna take you guys behind the scenes a little bit here austin's not gonna listen to this so it doesn't matter so <laughs> i you know i just asked is like you know where where'd my invite go like i'm, I'm a little offended i didn't get invited you no know, original member of the debbie debate uh, i feel like me and felix are kind of attached at the hip now with mm-hmm. our with the the perceived animosity between us and as you probably know, Austin never answers his phone. He, he never sees text messages, uh, doesn't reply back to that. And, of course, Felix literally sent the invite through the mail. He even have the courtesy to overnight it, so I got it before they left. I literally just got it this morning. At this point, I can't leave for New York. So I'm, 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 I'm a little upset. I'm going to miss out on, on the bro date. But I also get it. I think the two of them needed some time alone to work mm-hmm. on some things and, you know, improve themselves. So I'm excited for him. You know, I jumped on Debbie debate early yesterday and they were talking about trying to make sure they matched outfits and where they were going to go shopping together. They definitely had to go get some Sabaros pizza. So, um, you know, I'm excited for them. I'm, I'm really thrilled to hear how their trip goes. Uh, they get into like an all weekend thing. So I'm sure they're going to have a great time. Yeah. I mean, Hey, at least you got the invite. I mean, I'm like a train ride. I'm like a three hour train ride out of the city. Um, it's like a, th- like a full, probably a four hour drive for me. So like, really not that far. It might not even be that far. It might even be like three hours. It might be both by train and car three hours. Yeah, not that far away. I kind of get it because they both perceive themselves to be good looking guys Mm -hmm. and you never want to be the not best looking guy there. And I feel like when they're there, they can argue with each other. Who's the best looking. And maybe they'll like settle on. We're both, we're both like 9.8. So when we know, like (laughs) if you were me, were there, we outshine them in a massive way. So I kind of get it. It's one of those things like, you know, you don't want to be the, the, you know, when you're there with your group of friends and you're the ugly girl at the bar. Yeah. That's kind of what they didn't want. I think, even though I think like we glow them up a little bit standing next to them because we you give them the height advantage. Felix right. is obviously in good shape. You know, you look at it like, oh man, look at this hand. And then you look at Felix and Austin, they automatically look better because they're standing next to us. But mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Let them yeah, have I mean, fun. They're, they're like a Pittsburgh and Louisville, uh, like seven or eight. And you know, we yeah, would yeah. be like yeah. New York city, eights, nines. Oh so, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, but hey, good for them. Yeah. You know, Hey, Hey, Louisville, take take a Louisville seven every day of the week. You know, <laughs> my favorite saying, and I, I, my wife's not gonna listen to this, so I don't have to worry about it. Either, but my wife is is beautiful. This is not what I'm saying. But look, beauty is only a light switch away, my friend. Just, <laughs> just turn that light switch off. You can be as beautiful as you want to be. So just just say it. Just say it. All right. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here, Matt, with me, keeping me company on this one while Austin and Felix are away. Uh, we'll start off here with a little bit of news, and then we're going to get into uh, to a too early free agency preview here. The season's over uh, for anybody who's not in the playoffs or if you're in the playoffs, uh, you know, congrats. But we're on to the offseason already. Um, so we'll hit some news here first. Damian Pierce has an ankle injury, did not practice today. Status is still to be determined for this week. Definitely going to want to keep an eye out on him. Uh, Lamar Jackson is out this week, but Tyler Huntley cleared the concussion protocol. He is expected to go this week and start. 
Ramondre Stevenson has not practiced this week, and Damian Harris was limited as well today. Uh, definitely a situation to monitor there, although without Stevenson, I think this is probably just going to be a committee. You know, whether it's Harris, Harris, and Strong, or just Kevin Harris and Strong, we'll see how that one shakes out. Probably avoiding that if I'm in the playoffs here, if I can help it. Um, Pat Fryermuth did not practice today. He has a foot injury. That is somebody you might want to be relying on, so definitely keep an eye on him. And Traylon Burks did not practice today. He is in the concussion protocol. Uh, in other news, though, Desmond Ritter is going to start this week here for Atlanta. I mean, we, we knew last week that they made the announcement. They had their bye week. This seems like a good time to do it. Uh, I I think I already know your thoughts on this. We've had this discussion before. Yep. But is Desmond Ritter or can Desmond Ritter be the future at QB for Atlanta? So before I answer this question, you being in in Atlanta, you might be, or not in Atlanta, but you're a big fan of Atlanta. Is it true that Marcus Mariota is not starting because like he had a baby or something like that? Uh, I saw that up. The other he's day. hurt. He has okay. A, he, yeah, I was I was watching another YouTube channel and they're like, oh no, he's actually only not starting because like his wife or whomever significant others having a baby, and I was like, oh. Mm. Well, I, but they knew that like two weeks ago and then I was like, I was just curious. So I do. Um, I've said in multiple places now that not only do I think Desmond Ritter is going to have a breakout game this week against the Saints, right? That's who they play the Saints or they yes. play someone mm -hmm. better this week. Okay. Saints. Against the Saints. I think he's going to take Atlanta 4-0. And in week 17, they're going to be playing the Buccaneers for the winner of the NFC South Division and a chance to get into the playoffs. And Desmond Ritter... It's going to be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and the, your Atlanta Falcons are going to be heading to the playoffs with Desmond Ritter as their quarterback with Desmond Ritter at quarterback and Drake London is the only real pass catcher yeah. and Cordell Patterson in the back. This is not a team that should be making the playoffs. In any, I mean, I don't care who their quarterback is. This is not a team overall that should be making the playoffs, but here we are. And I, I am not the biggest Ritter fan. I think Ritter is, Ritter and Mariota are very similar players. And I think Ritter can be a fine stopgap option. He's a good player who he's a player who could be like a good backup. You know, he'll stick around in this league for a while, I think. But if he's the future at the quarterback position for me and, and my Atlanta Falcons, like I'm worried. I, I don't think he can elevate the team. But that doesn't mean that they are not going to make the playoffs here because there's a very real possibility that they could go four and zero over this last stretch because they get the Panthers again. They get yep. the saints, they get the bucks. Those three teams are not that great. So there's a very real possibility here that your prediction yeah, could come I mean, true. They get the Cardinals as well, which is um, a bad team without, down out without Kyler Murray. So there's yeah. a realistic shot. Now, look, I get it. You view Desmond Ritter as, as a poop-flavored lollipop. I get it. He's not fun for you. <laughs> I think that he's got some tools and intangibles that is not going to make him an elite quarterback. I will never make that argument. But the argument I will make is I don't think his tools are any worse than Ryan Tannehill. And we huh? saw what Arthur Smith was able to do with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee when Tannehill had by far the best years of his entire career. I mean, dude left Miami – goes to Tennessee, and we all think, oh, great, he's going to be a backup for the rest of his life, ends up starting that year, and has been a viable starting quarterback, a top actual 12 fantasy quarterback for you those couple of years there with Arthur Smith in Tennessee. 
Desmond Ritter is not worse than Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he's maybe he's a like half a baby step backwards. He's not. A, I would not say he's better than Ryan Tannehill, but I don't think he's much worse. So he's been there so far this entire season. I assume that he's been learning, picking up the offense. Now he gets a shot to go out there. Like it's definitely not ideal not having Kyle Pitts out there as well, having two great weapons around you. But look at what he was able to do with Alec Pierce. And granted, I know G5, all that other stuff, that's fine. Like, it is what it is. He had to he played the competition he had in front of him. It's not like he could choose to go play Alabama every week. Well, he like, played no. Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like, no, I don't want to play. You know, I don't want to play them. I'm going to go play Tulsa every week. Like, he, he had to play who he had to play. But he does have a decent arm. He is a good rusher. It's be, mm-hmm. I, I, Mostly, I think, because of that long stride. Like, once he starts going, he can get moving. I think that's going to buy him some time, and I think that's going to allow him to make plays. Like, I almost could expect him to be, and and when I make this comparison, please, nobody take this as, like, I'm saying he's Lamar Jackson. He's not even on that spectrum. But, like, I could very easily see him having, like, that successful back end of the season like Lamar did in his rookie year because he was just running, getting the ball, just almost in a way kind of playing some backyard backyard ball. And I think Arthur Smith is going to tailor this offense to what Desmond Ritter is good at and help him out there. And so that's why I think they're going to do it. Now, do I think he's a franchise QB? Probably not. But if I'm Atlanta, I am not – if you make the playoffs, I'm not trading up and I'm not wasting a pick on a quarterback in this class. I think you just continue to build around the team around him and then you see what you can do after that. Maybe it's a – Lamar Jackson hits free agency and and Atlanta decides to pay him and bring him in as their oh, quarterback man. next year. Like, don't my pants just got a little tight. Sorry, <laughs> I, I apologize. I wasn't trying to let Austin and Felix handle that stuff. We're going to be professionals here. Like, I, you know, I, I who knows what happens with them, but I, I don't think that you. Obviously, I could be a hundred percent wrong, and and we'll be talking in the near future. And and Desmond Ritter goes out there and absolutely stinks it up against New Orleans, but I do think he is a good player. Everything you heard about him at the Senior Bowl, if you if you read anything Luke Fickle said about him, Cincinnati, they all talk about like how much of a professional he was at Cincinnati. That's why you know when Luke Fickle came in, and I, I know I'm kind of like ranting long here on on my guy Desmond Ritter, but like I, I did a lot of research into him, and like when Luke Fickle came over to Cincinnati, they were going to go to the transfer portal and get another quarterback. They did not want Desmond Ritter. And it wasn't until they sat down with him and saw like how actually like football savvy, football smart he is. His junior and senior year, he was sitting in with the offensive coaches trying to help them decide like, hey, this is what I want to do. And they would go and tailor plays toward what Ritter said. Like that level of respect is given to somebody who earns it. They don't just give it to you, especially at the college level. So I think there's a lot to like about Ritter. There's definitely some inconsistencies in his game. I like I said, I'm, I'd be, I is actually a game that I am excited to watch Sunday. Like I Atlanta, I will find a way to, whether it's bootleg streams on my laptop, if I can't get it on national TV, but I will be watching that game because I'm really excited to see what Ritter looks like in his first start. Can't be any worse than Malik Willis, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, I'll agree with you on that front there. And, and I like the kind of comparison Ritter to Tannehill there. I don't think he is that big of a step down from him. And I think he could absolutely get to a Tannehill level of quarterback play, but I don't, I was never really that high on Tannehill either. You know, they rode the run game there and Derrick Henry, and there's only one Derrick Henry out there. And Atlanta also does not have the run game to be able to support Desmond Ritter right now. I think he's going to, he does not have the supporting cast around him that is going to help him to succeed. But I like that we're the, the Falcons are getting him out there, seeing what they have because 
th- th- probably is not the year for them to take a quarterback, given how weak the class is and where their draft position is likely to fall. See what you have at the end of this year. See what you have next year. Now you have a year and a half in, then you can make a better assessment on it. So I like going with Ritter at this point, even though I'm not the biggest Ritter fan. Yeah, I mean, they've got Patterson and they've got like Goodwill's version of Derrick Henry and Tyler Algier. Like, (laughs) that's like, that's the Tyler Algier is the Derrick Henry you find behind the dumpster and think, well, you know what? Maybe I could use this. Why not? Just try it. It's clean enough. Like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. 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 You saw that couch on the side of the road and you're like, well, you know what? I could use one out in my like. There's some questionable stains on this side, but guess what? You can flip it over perfectly clean. (laughs) I don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, Other quarterback news here. Kyler Murray, like we alluded to, out for the year. It's Horn ACL. This was very late in the process and he or in the season. And he is a more mobile quarterback who does use his legs a little bit more than some other quarterbacks would. Do we think he's going to be ready for next year? I don't. Um, so typically, like I know we've seen some guys come back after like six, seven months, but if you even go to just like a Chris Godwin this year, who's coming off that ACL, his, I believe was more toward the middle of last year. May have been toward the end, maybe like week eight, nine or 10, but he even struggled coming back. Like I know he went out there week one and then got another injury, which they were saying was probably had something to do with the AC on him compensating. Like I would not expect Kyler Murray to be. I, I almost wonder if you're technically going to lose him for probably all of next year as well. Like you're talking about it's it's week 14. So if we're just going strictly fantasy side here, there's a chance you may not get him back till best guess week eight or nine in the fantasy season next year. And then we always hear these NFL players say, well, you got to work into NFL shape. So if it takes him a couple games to get going, like you're then all of a sudden you're looking at it's fantasy playoffs time. And you got to decide if you want to throw Kyler Murray out there. So I think for fantasy next year, you're probably almost looking at it as a wash. And and I actually wouldn't be surprised if they fire Kingsbury this off season and just use that as that we're just rebuilding, retooling. We, Already saw that their general manager is going on a indefinite leave, medical leave. I think this is all just a the Cardinals are about to burn the house down and, and start a rebuild. So, yeah, I, I almost put that in the discussion topic here as like a little note underneath Murray about um, Steve Kime, the general manager, going on a uh, indefinite leave of absence due to health. So I think that you're right that that could be an opportunity for a mutual parting of ways there for Kime and. Uh, the Cardinals. And then at that point, yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury is gone. That that experiment uh, has not worked out quite like we thought it was going to. I don't really blame Kyler Murray for that. I think he's been fine as a quarterback. So, you know, the Cardinals go into next year with a new regime, hopefully one that's on board with Kyler. And then they can be pretty flexible through the draft because they're probably going to have a pretty high pick. Because if we're looking at, Let's say Kyler Murray gets an eight-month recovery, which is pretty quick for for an ACL. Eight-month recovery, he's right in the middle of training camp right now. So he would be coming back right in the middle of training camp, probably an earliest-case scenario. Still at that point, got to work his way back into game shape and stuff. So, I mean, I think a bare minimum, you're looking at like week four of the NFL season next year before he would be back up to what you would want him to be, especially given, like I said, that he uses his legs a little bit more than some of the other quarterbacks, but I'm more on your timeline there as well. Honestly, give him more of like closer to a year. And at that point, just kind of let the new regime 
that's going to likely be coming in there, figure out what they want to do and where they're going to want to go in the draft and just give them an earlier pick. Yeah, I I, I think that's 100% the way they should go. I mean, look, I, I really thought that Cliff Kingsbury was going to work out with the Cardinals, yeah. and you could argue it somewhat did. This year really seems to be the one year that they've just completely fallen apart. They were yeah. really good. It's how why he got the nickname Fall Off of Cliff Kingsbury because like he's <laughs> – starts out these seasons like seven, eight, nine, and oh, and then just it completely bombs. And some of that I think is the fact that Kyler continues to get hurt every year as well. He had the shoulder injury. I think it was a year or two ago he had a, either it was a hamstring or something else with his leg. So that, there's definitely some blame I think to go on Kingsbury for that. But it, it's probably just the best I think to everybody just kind of go their separate ways and let's let's rebuild this thing because this Cardinals team is just really bad. It sucks too because they've got they clearly tried to go all in for this year. They brought in Watt last year. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, they traded for a couple years ago, brought in Marquise Hollywood Brown, all trying to seem like to push their chips in uh, to try and win a Super Bowl. I just don't Ertz. think it's going to happen. Yeah, Ertz, who's they probably have, not coming back till late next yeah. year too. Yeah, they have, uh, they have a lot of weapons on that offense with Hopkins and Hollywood Brown, like you said, Ertz, like I just mentioned. They also have Rondale Moore, who's a guy that I'm a big fan of here. I think that trio of wide receivers – really complement each other well. And then also throwing in Ertz, obviously having a nice tight end there. James Connor at the running back position is pretty solid. And he's signed through yeah. another year as well. You know, he's not a world beater, but he's also, he's, he's fine. You could bring somebody else in here. This is a very deep running back class. So if you wanted to go that route here, you could, I think to really just build up on the defensive side of the ball here and see where they're at maybe in 2024. And depending on who you bring in as your, uh, head coach, whether it's offensive minded, who I would assume since you have a quarterback, you want to really try to build around, you tend to go more offensive minded there. Uh, if it's, you know, a, a good offensive mind here, they, this could be a team that looks good in, in 2024, because like you said, it, it hasn't been a total failure for cliff. It hasn't yeah. been as good as they hoped for. It hasn't been as good as everybody's wanted it to be. There's been some off the field tension as well. Um, so I, I do think it's kind of a mutual parting here at this point. I'll be interested to see where Cliff ends up too, because I do think he's a good offensive mind. I bet he goes back to college. I don't think he gets another job in the NFL. Not not at least not right away. Maybe but he I mean, goes me, maybe he goes media and then waits for an opening I next be year. Surprised, I mean, it's a good looking dude. <laughs> Fairly smart. I mean, it's got good style. I don't know if you've seen the the draft days when he's sitting there with like the super tight pants, no socks, like Ryan Gosling type outfit. <laughs> probably do whatever he wants to do. He's gonna be extremely rich because if he gets let go by the Cardinals, I imagine his contract's probably mostly guaranteed. So he's just gonna be sitting on millions of dollars. So yeah. Oh, I've I've seen his house. I've I've seen his house. Oh, yeah, that, so that hard knocks. Yeah. 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 Um, and last bit of quarterback news here, Baker Mayfield uh, led that epic comeback last week on that 98 yard drive. He's going to be starting again this week for the Rams against green Bay on Monday night, another primetime game. He could really, uh, really add to his resume here a little bit. Do we think he could still be a starting QB in the NFL? Man, I don't know what to think about Baker. I, I really thought after he got cut by Carolina next year, he was going to be on like CBS's sports broadcasting team and, and all this other stuff. Uh, 
I hope he gets a shot. I don't think he's ever really gotten a fair shot. Uh, I, I definitely didn't love the way Cleveland handled things. I've been very outspoken about that. I mean, you mentioned Green Bay. I said I at one point would not trade Baker Mayfield <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I do which recall I still that. Wouldn't. You know, Aaron Rodgers has, a, you know, maybe it was the kiss of uh, of death there because Aaron Rodgers has kind of been shit since I, I made that argument. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> can't necessarily say I was wrong on that, but uh, I, I don't. The big thing is going to be, will the Rams keep him around? Because I do think there's a realistic shot that Matt Stafford may retire. I mean, he's dealing with all kinds of back issues. He's had him his entire career. He won a Super Bowl last year. I think there's a realistic shot the Rams are just going to go. I mean, they there could be Donald gone. Stafford gone, uh, McVeigh gone, and, and at that point, maybe they just keep Baker around for a year or two to just kind of like run the offense because they've got no picks until I think like 2032 or something like that. So maybe just kind of hold on to Baker if you can for a little bit. I definitely think he gets a shot at least to be a backup somewhere if he wants it. He's a good enough QB to be in the league. I just don't think he's ever going to live up to that number one overall pick hype. Yeah, I think that's the problem. You're, everybody's kind of looking at him, and I, I think it's fair. They're looking at him through the number one overall pick lens, and he definitely has not lived up to that, like you said. But I do think he is a starting caliber quarterback in the league. I think he is one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. I think that we're going to see him get an opportunity next year as well, like said, whether it's with the Rams, whether Stafford does retire or whether it's with any of these teams that have a, a plethora of needs, like we're going to get into here in the, in the free agency preview, there's going to be more open chairs in the quarterback positions around the league than there are bodies to fill them. So I think he will get a shot. I'll be interested to see where uh, and how well he is set up for success, because in his last couple stops, you know, like you said, with the way they handled it in Cleveland, he, led them to the playoffs, you know, like he yeah. did fine there. And then they completely turned their back on him for Deshaun Watson, whatever your thoughts are no, on Don't turn him. your back on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Had to get Touché. It. Touché. Um, yeah. I, so, the, you know, they let kicked him out the door, goes to Carolina. And then that was just kind of a disaster too. Like the writing was on the wall pretty much all year that Matt rule is going to be gone. It was a lame duck coach, lame duck quarterback. So I, I think he can be a starting caliber quarterback here. He's somebody that I'll be keeping an eye on, see where he ends up this offseason. But yep, we will you. we will get into the too early free agency preview here. Before we do that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, Fantasy Points is a great resource. We do have a promo code here, Campus22, for 10% off a membership. But that is not going to be uh, active for much longer. They're going to be running a promotion, uh, an early bird promotion for 2023. So keep an eye out for the promotion they'll be running there. Into the quarterbacks here for two early free agency preview. And there's actually... A fair number of quarterbacks this year that I could see ending up with a starting job. Like I said, you know, leading into this, there's going to be more open chairs uh, in the quarterback uh, rooms around the league than there are bodies. Yeah. So a couple of the players who are slated to be 
uh, unrestricted free agents this year, Lamar Jackson. Now, obviously, he's going to get tagged. So I, I don't think he hits free agency. Either they're going to work out a deal or they're going to tag him. But he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Tom Brady, Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Tyler Henneke, and Andy Dalton are all also free agents and have started at one point or another this year. Uh, you know, we can talk a little bit, a little bit, a little bit about Lamar Jackson here, but I think the rest of the list will probably be a little bit more poignant of a discussion given Lamar's uh, likely future in Baltimore. Yeah, see, I don't know if Baltimore, I would guess they probably tag him, but it seems really contentious that that relationship has going all the way back to the offseason. And, you know, I know a lot of Baltimore people seem to be throwing that blame at Lamar for him and his mom being his agent. He doesn't have an actual agent. It's him and his mom that negotiate his contract. He, it sounds like, kind of throws it back at Baltimore saying, well, I think I deserve to be paid more than Kyler Murray, which I think he's got a very yep. fair argument. I actually think there is no argument. He should be paid more than Kyler Murray. But it sounds like, and again, we're not privy to those conversations. We're not in Baltimore's you know, front office knowing exactly, but a lot of the rumors and reports were that they weren't going to give him as much as Kyler. So maybe they tag him, and I guess with the new rules, he can't really sit out, or if he does, he costs himself a lot of money, yeah. but... I, I honestly think that there's a realistic shot that as crazy as it is to say right now, that like Lamar will not be in Baltimore next year. I, I think that he's going to get tagged. I mean, I, Baltimore has spent so much time and effort building their offense around him and his strengths. Have that they though, have they really built it around him? What have they done to get him help besides lucking into Mark Andrews? Because they took, who was it that they took Hayden Hurst and I believe yeah. the first round, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. And then they got, they lucked into Mark Andrews and like the third round or whatever it was, who ended up being a better player. And even this year, what did they draft? Like four tight ends in the draft. I know they drafted at least two and I'm pretty sure they drafted. They love three. their tight ends for whatever reason. But that, well, I think it's because they love running that kind of offense. They very much love to have that two tight end offense. That's what, that's what Harbaugh does. The problem is I don't think that actually helps Lamar. And they've done nothing, at least in my opinion, to really help get receivers around him. Like we saw how much a Stefan Diggs helped and and helped that offense in Josh Allen in Buffalo. He's an alpha wide receiver. We've seen how well that's helped out Jalen Hurts this year with AJ Brown. Baltimore has done nothing to get Lamar an alpha wide receiver. They seem content on just running the ball and then letting him run the ball. And that's kind of, I think, why we're in the situation we're in now. So I mean, I, I know. Maybe they, in some their own weird way, think that they've built around Lamar. I, I don't think that they really have. I think they've built the way they want to, and then they're trying to fit Lamar's square peg into Baltimore's round hole. And it's just it's worked because Lamar is special, and I think that's the only reason that it's worked. I think that is a big reason for why they've had still had the success that they've had is because Lamar is special, and I hope that they realize that they did take Rashad Bateman in the first round. So they are, they yeah. did get him a receiver. They did sign Sammy Watkins, who at least was, you know, somebody that people th thought was okay. He still keeps managing to get jobs around the league. So I don't know if he has some blackmail or, he, around he the league to. or he yeah, to. he got it from I mean, like I, the lizard people or something. I think I'm an okay wide receiver. Baltimore, come sign me for a million dollars. I'll probably be better than some of the guys you have on your wide receiver core. I'll get one good catch. 
I've got one good catch in me. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, and they, they took, you know, Isaiah likely this year. Now it was super late, but he was a guy that I liked. So they have some tight ends there. They have a couple of options. They'll need to add another person around him, but you know, they also have are more of a run centric team yeah. and getting JK Dobbins back, I think can help. So they've, they've built around him a little bit here, but I'm just meant more from like an offensive philosophy standpoint um, with why, uh, why am I having a hard time Greg Roman uh, and that offensive system. Yeah. So I just have a hard time having, seeing them let him go, but he, this is just the, the annual conversation between quarterbacks where the, whatever quarter, whatever quarterback is going to be the one to hit free agency next is going to be the new highest paid player in the league. So whether it's the Ravens or some other team, Lamar is going to be the highest paid player in the league or top two at some point in time. I, I think from what I was seeing, Lamar's big hang up uh, is he wants more guaranteed money. He wants essentially a fully guaranteed contract. And that's from what I've been seeing. The Ravens haven't been willing to give him. We'll see if they can meet in the middle somewhere. I think if you're Baltimore, you kind of have to though. I mean, I don't blame him. Didn't Kirk Cousins get a fully guaranteed contract? And I gave my dad swag, but Lamar is a better, <laughs> better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, we'll be it'll be interesting to see keep an eye on Lamar. But the other quarterbacks here, um, Tom Brady, we don't know if he's coming back. I have a hard time believing that he would come back for this year, get divorced, and then just leave the league. I feel like at this point he has to come back for another year. So I'll be interested to see where he ends up there. And then Geno Smith, I think those are the two top names here. Geno yeah. Smith really playing himself uh, into a probably sizable contract this year. And I think Seattle will end up keeping him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he sticks with Seattle. So like going through and looking at at these teams here, you know, you've got Panthers, Colts, Texans, and and you have the Jets, which I find interesting. We can discuss them in a minute. We think at least what Bryce Young, at least Bryce Young, CJ Stroud for sure go in the first round. Yeah, mm -hmm, for sure. Do we think a Rich and Will Levis are as well? I kind of think they both are. Man, uh, Will Levis is not a first round quarterback. I mean, you, I, I know, I know, you, I know we, but, yeah. I mean, look. He's an Adonis, and he threw a fifty-foot or fifty-yard pass standing still. So that matters. Uh, I don't know if you saw Twitter today. It almost broke, like the Kim Kardashian butt photo, because he was standing <laughs> there and just threw a a fifty-yard pass, not moving. So you know, and in shorts, by the way. So, I mean, dude, yeah. I, does he end up in the first round? I think some team is going to convince themselves to take him in the first round. I think Anthony Richardson is the more interesting name there i i if i'm an nfl gm i'm taking anthony richardson over will levis 10 times out of 10 yeah, um i agree because the upside's just higher there like i don't see it with with levis i don't think he's particularly good but i think anthony richardson has that potential i think with anthony richardson i any of the teams that we listed here is as teams definitely in need of a quarterback panthers colts texans i think the jets but we can talk about that in a minute None of those teams, I, I think, will have late enough picks that they in the first round that they would end up with Anthony Richardson. So my hope for him 
is he gets taken in the late first round, probably in like after pick like 25 in the 25 to 30 range by a playoff team that might be replacing a quarterback here, you know, and we have a couple of those on this list. So, and they take him, they bring in a bridge, they let Anthony Richardson sit and they already have the team built around him. Or they do something more along the lines of like the Eagles did where they took him in the early part of the second. Uh, and then, you know, you, you kind of build around him, let him sit for a while and then just kind of ease him in. So one of those two approaches, I think, would be the best for Anthony Richardson. Um, but I could see one of those four teams there taking him in the early part of the second if he lasts that long. So I would guess the Texans for sure go quarterback. I assume Bryce. I, I would think he's yeah. going to be the first quarterback off the board. I, so that I puts, agree. I think so. The Colts and Panthers are the next two up. The Colts at pick seven currently. Obviously, that's subject to change based on how the rest of the season goes. And then the Panthers at nine. I would bet both of them go quarterback as well. In fact, the Colts is where I could see Will Levis going. The interesting thing will be Ugh, is I know – their GM really likes him, but I think he might get fired after uh, Chris Ballard, I think might be fired. I mean, they just let Frank Wright go. Maybe they're looking to kind of rebuild after the trades they've made the past couple of years that have not really worked out in their favor either with uh, going quarterback to quarterback. I mean, you're looking at Matt Ryan, no offense to Matt Ryan. I think may, they may be wishing they kept Carson Wentz because he was actually a decent quarterback for all the crap everybody gave him. So if those two are off the board, that leaves you with the Bucks. I think are going to need a quarterback. I think Brady comes back as well, but I don't think it's with Tampa Bay. I think he I wants agree. out of Tampa Bay. So that does leave, in my opinion, the Bucks open. Technically, your Falcons, I guess a lot of that will depend on how Ritter looks. I mean, right now mm -hmm. they've got the 10th pick. There's a shot Anthony Richardson and Will Levis falls there. Just your luck they draft Will Levis at the 10th spot if they, if they stay I... there. I will riot if they take if they take Will Levis. I saw a mock draft that had that. Somebody put that in our uh, C2C Slack, and yeah. I I vomited immediately. Just just projectile vomited across the room. Because like outside of them, like I don't see t maybe Tampa Bay, but like they're sitting at 19 right now. They're going to be close to a playoff team because of the way the rest of their schedule pans out. So like they're going to move up far to get one of these quarterbacks. So like I think those. I think those three, at least, if we just say the Texans, the Colts, and the Panthers all go rookies. So then that leaves, you know, you're talking about, again, Tom Brady, which I, there's a lot of smoke around the 49ers. I don't know if he really goes there. I, this, I know we both seem to agree that Geno stays with the Seahawks. So you're really looking at the Giants. Like I think they just keep Daniel Jones right now. I, I don't see Probably. why they wouldn't. Like, he's, he's played decent enough. So now you got commanders, really need a quarterback. I don't know what to think with the Packers. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers could retire. Maybe he comes back. He's a weird dude. I, I don't know how <laughs> or what to think about him. So, like, the Saints probably need one, but I, I think they probably go grab. Like, the, I guess the most interesting name on this list for me that that um, I know you mentioned we didn't really talk about is Jimmy G. Yeah. Because they said it's not a serious ankle injury. He's not going to have surgery. So that means he's not going to be – there was a rumor like broken ankle, going to be out for an entire year kind of thing. That's not what happened. Like he's he's going to be coming back. I assume he gets a starting job somewhere. I think so too. Outside of him, like I don't think you're bringing in Baker Mayfield. Maybe he stays with uh, L.A. like we talked about. Sam Darnold, Tyler Henneke, Andy Dalton, they're not getting starting jobs. So I would imagine any of those other spots probably either just go rookie, go Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, maybe bring in like a, say the Saints go 
Anthony Richardson, they just retain Andy Dalton to use him as a bridge year or two and then throw Richardson in there. Like Jimmy G is the more and Tom Brady. Because I, I think there's a realistic shot Tom Brady's going to to, Tampa, to San Francisco. It's like the third year in a row there's been so much smoke around him going back home to San Francisco for it to not be true, in my opinion. That that just would be so tough to justify doing that when you took Trey Lance yeah, at number well. three. Like, what do you do with Trey Lance then? Like, are you, you just holding for another year? I mean, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for four years, right? Yeah, but that years. is right that's but it's been a little while the league's a little different i agree but i mean josh rosen wasn't even given a year yeah and he was out the true. door like have we seen enough from like i i think lance has a chance to be good i don't think mm-hmm. it's unfair to say have we seen anything from him to validate that like he had one good game in a monsoon and then unfortunately the next game like he broke his ankle he's out yeah so if you have any concerns about that whatsoever, and San Francisco has clearly been building to try and win a Super Bowl. They've been extremely right. close three out of the past, whatever, four or five years. Why wouldn't you take a shot on Tom Brady for one year? Trey Lance can't go anywhere. Like he can request yeah. a trade all he wants. He's stuck on a rookie contract. He's not going anywhere. You bring Tom Brady and you say, look, Trey, you're our future, but you got a, you got a broken ankle, dude. And a big part of your game is your legs. Let's give you a year to get healthy because We've seen with that kind of injury, it takes time to come back from that. Give them the year, learn from the GOAT, and then Tom Brady goes out there, wins a Super Bowl with San Francisco, literally completes every dream he's ever had because that was the team growing up. (laughs) I can't imagine. The only other rumor, this is just rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. I've heard he wants to take Cleveland to the playoffs and possibly win a Super Bowl. And if you do, Tom, come on by. But I don't know how much of that is true. If that isn't true, San Francisco is probably his last one, like just – I, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. I see nothing but upside there. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but that just, man, that would be tough to justify because now Lance is sitting for, this is to be his third year. Sitting, yeah, yeah, and not playing his, football four years in a row because he didn't play yeah. at all his senior year either. Yeah, yeah, because of COVID and they were in D2 or the FCS, I mean. So, yeah, I don't know. that. The, the 49ers will be an interesting spot to watch. I did not list them on here as a team that might need a quarterback because I don't think they need one, but I think you're right. We could see, we could see them go after Brady here. Um, the Titans were another team here that I put on the list. I think we could see them go in a different direction. I never really thought Malik Willis was it. I mean, in college, it was just all half field reads and he was beating up on weak competition and then he would take off and run. All the time. So I, I don't think he's going to be ready at any point. Ryan Tannehill has not looked great this year here. Um, they're going to need somebody at some point. Yeah. So we'll see kind of how, how that shakes out with them. I could see them going after a Sam Darn a reclamation project, like a Sam Darnold um, or like a, even a bridge guy, like an Andy Dalton, a Taylor Heineke, somebody else in there to just give some competition for, I mean, I- for Tannehill. I think Jimmy G would be a good spot there too. Cause he, I feel he feels like a Mike Vrabel kind of guy, right? Like he's just going to distribute yeah. the ball. Doesn't really like he has games where he has multiple turnovers, but usually he's pretty safe with the ball. Very surprisingly, if you actually go look at his overall winning percentage, dude wins a lot. Yeah. He, he's actually a fairly good quarterback. I, I feel like he would also be a perfect fit for Mike Vrabel if they move on from Tano. Cause I'm with you on Malik Willis. Yeah. Uh, all right, into the running back position here. And this is also one that has a, a pretty nice 
free agency class here. We got Saquon Barkley, obviously, the headliner here. That's going to be really interesting to see what the Giants do with him because he's been very good this year. But do you build around a running back? There's a lot of controversy around that one. So Barkley headlining. But then you also have Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, two pretty good running backs there as well. Miles Sanders having a resurgence here this year. Josh Jacobs having a really nice year. Tony Pollard also having a really nice year. Uh, Austin and I got into a uh, a discussion over what his future could be in a backfield, whether he would be given a chance to lead a backfield or whether he's just kind of a gadget guy and a third down back. Rashad Penny, who, you know, he's been injured a lot, but he had that early draft capital. You got Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, all headlining this uh class here of free agents and then it's also a very deep rookie class as well yeah so this uh is there any name here that stands out on this list i mean obviously outside of barkley here but you know we can start with uh with somebody else and circle around to barkley yeah i I, well i mean we can start with barkley for me it's fairly simple i think he stays with the giants yeah He's been so good this year. He's had freak injuries. I mean, I, I imagine you loved him coming out of Penn State. I think he's oh. by far one of the best running backs I've ever seen in college. I mean, he single-handedly kept Penn State in the game against Ohio State a couple of years ago with, like, punt and kickoff returns because yeah. they were stopping him running the ball. Like, dude's just legitimately good. So I think he sticks with the Giants. Yeah, I think he does, too. If the Giants are smart, they lock him up. Um, Dayball, uh, did I pronounce it right that time? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it's not the ball or the boil ball. I don't know. How, I can't remember how Mike Valerie pronounced it with the three <laughs> of you, but it was bad. It was like really bad. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah, bad when I, the Canadian comes in and correct you guys. Like yeah. you're like it's the ball, and then I can't remember what Mike said, and then Corey's like, "No, it's day ball," and I'm like, "Thank you, Corey. Thank you." The Canadian gets it right. I think if, if day ball is a smart guy. He knows. Uh, that Saquon Barkley is a key piece of this offense. I think they re-signed him too. Uh, I think that's good for better, best for everybody involved, especially because they don't have the quarterback position necessarily figured out. You know, we just talked about Daniel Jones. They bring him back. They're going to go another direction with one of these other free agents. Um, So getting some stability, bringing Barkley back, I think is the way to go there. So the rest of the guys on this list, it's really intriguing because like i think josh jacobs miles sanders david montgomery i actually think damian harris is a sneaky good player as well he was having a really good year for the patriots before he ended up getting injured i kind of feel like pollard probably goes back to the cowboys like i think they they especially with the year they're having what he's having with zeke like they can't get out of the zeke contract i think it's till next year yeah i wonder if they just pay tony pollard just to stick around for a couple more years and just continue to use that thunder and lightning duo it really seems to work for him Tony Pollard's not going to, at least I would think, not command some like massive contract. So I would think the Cowboys should be able to pay him. The Broncos. Yeah, I, oh, <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think that the Cowboys are probably the best spot for Tony Pollard. Um, but I could see some other teams being interested in him. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. some, you know, we, we can talk about it here when we get to the teams that might need some landing spots, but there's a fair amount of teams out there that I think could use a running back. So I could see him commanding more in free agency than necessarily what we think. So for me, the main one is the Dolphins because we know how good that offense is and they clearly need a running back. Like Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson for like, we're good for three weeks. Now it's not working. 
who on this list would you like to see go there? Because I don't, I know everybody keeps mocking Bijan to them. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Atlanta takes Bijan. Um, pants tight. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm causing issues again. But like, just oh, think man. about it. Like, is he not like we see this fascination that Arthur Smith ha- Arthur Smith has with Cordero Patterson with what he's able to do there, and then we know his love for Derrick Henry. Like, sh- sh- sit back for a minute, go into like our Frankenstein monster machine, and you put Derrick Henry and Cordero Patterson together, and who do you get? You get Bijan fucking Robinson. Sorry I cussed <laughs> Alfred. I don't know if you're listening to this anyways, but like, that's who you get. I think he'd be the perfect fit in Atlanta's offense. So I think that's who actually takes Bijan Robinson. Man, uh, so. That. We're gonna not. We're gonna mark Atlanta off. We're speaking that into existence. Atlanta doesn't need a running back because they've got Bijan. So, out of all these free agents, if we're assuming Miami goes, they're like, who do you think would be the best fit for them? I think Miami's best bet is probably going in the draft, given how deep okay. this this draft class is. Uh, I just did a mock draft, a 2023 mock draft with. Um, Kevin Coleman from the Devi Royale. Uh, he put that together with a couple of other industry people. And in that mock draft, he predicted some landing spots too. And he had Zach Charbonnet going to them in the second round. And I would love that personally. But if we're just talking about some of these free agents here, I could see Kareem Hunt going there and, and doing well. Uh, I think that's probably on this list, the one that would be the most intriguing to me or Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was going to be mine because of what he can do rushing and catching the ball. And I feel like Philadelphia has used him a little bit more than that, but I feel like he still just becomes like that forgotten weapon in Philadelphia where I feel like Mike McDaniels would do a good job highlighting him when they're not using Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, just run around everybody. So I would love Miles Sanders to go there. I would love that too. I I think that, you know, Miles Sanders might command a little bit more than what they're willing to pay. They seem to, be trying to follow the 49er approach and, you know, Mike McDaniel kind of from that tree. So that makes sense. But of where they're just kind of trying to piecemeal that running back. Now we did just see the 49ers trade for Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, maybe they, again, McDaniel tries to kind of follow that route and actually get a legitimate running back instead of kind of trying to piecemeal it. I don't know, but if they do go that route and try and get somebody, I think Sanders on this list is the best bet for that offense. If they go bargain bin, I I think Kareem Hunt would be a little bit better. Yeah. So like the Panthers and Broncos are hard for me to try and figure out because they're going to have completely new coaching stat. I think, I think the Broncos are probably firing Hackett this year. I don't don't think he sticks around. (laughs) So with that, like it's hard to guess who would bring in there. I imagine whatever coach takes over, at least in Denver, Javante's still going to be the guy. And yeah. I don't know which one of these, like Tony Pollard to me would be the best compliment, but I still don't think he would go anywhere. I think he sticks around in, in Dallas. If he doesn't, like, I feel like he'd be such a great compliment to Javante Williams. That would be probably my pick there. Carolina is just kind of a toss up. Like if I had to just pick a player on this list, I'd say Josh Jacobs. Cause I feel like he can carry an offense and maybe he helps, you know, if, if we say like a CJ Stroud goes there, maybe they give him like a, a power bruising back to just kind of hand the ball off to a couple times a game to try and work and rebuild that offensive line. But it's kind of hard to, to guess who maybe what or what the Panthers do, not knowing what that coaching staff's going to look like right now. Yeah. Anytime you're, you're changing a coaching staff, it's difficult to predict, like you said there. But I, th- I think the Panthers going with a, like a Josh Jacobs or a more established offense option 
is probably the better way to go for them just because they have other needs that they're going to need to fill in the draft. So take them, Josh Jacobs, pair him with, you know, maybe a chase Brown and like the, fourth or yeah. fifth round like a later round running back something something on those lines but um the broncos like you said that's going to be an intriguing spot because they do have javante but it, he has not been able to stay healthy and right. it will be a new coaching staff too so a lot of uh a lot of moving pieces there on that one the and, eagles and... Go ahead. sorry go ahead i was gonna say denver feels like a team that and i i say it about the eagles too i'll, I'll group them together they both feel like teams that are just going to take a running back in like the fourth or fifth round, because as you already mentioned earlier, like this class is so deep and I feel like it's deep with enough of these guys that could be like one or the other, like whether it's a two down thumper or a receiving back that they can just get late and then keep on those rookie contracts because they have so many like Eagles have got to pay Jalen hurts. Denver just paid Russell Wilson and Tim Patrick, and I believe Cortland Sutton. Uh, are they going to pay Jerry Judy? Like, there's so many different players that both these teams are coming up and paying. The Eagles just paying A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith is up in, I think, two years now, or maybe it's three years at this point. But usually these teams pay him before they get to that fifth-year option. I wonder if they just try and go cheap running back in the draft to kind of keep on rookie contracts for a couple years because of how deep it is. Like, the only other one I, I want to point out before you give me your thoughts on the Eagles is like, if Josh Jacobs would be willing to take like a little little bit of a haircut for a possible Super Bowl run, I think he would be the perfect fit for Buffalo. Because they just don't have that hammer okay. running back. Like they've got James Cook, who we know can be a receiving back. They tried it with Zach Moss and it did not work out. I think Josh Jacobs is 100% what they wanted Zach Moss to be. And I think if they were, if Josh Jacobs was willing to take a little bit of a haircut, like I want to go, I want to play in the playoffs. I want to win a Super Bowl. Like that would be the perfect fit for him. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point. And the bills are definitely a team that I don't want to say they're definitely a team that needs a running back because they can re-sign Singletary. And I think he would be okay. They did just draft cook. They traded for Naheem Hines. Um, They have a couple of options there and they could also be a team like you were saying that just goes cheap in the on, on a rookie because that's kind of been the route that they have gone in the past with Singletary Moss Cook so I think that's probably a likely rookie landing spot but I, I like the Josh Jacobs idea there and and with the Eagles I think you're right too that that's probably also a a cheaper rookie option that they're just going to kind of cycle through because like you said they have to pay a lot of other people and they have a couple of I don't want to say bad contracts, but they have a couple of more expensive contracts on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, The only other team on this list here that I think is worth really discussing is the Raiders. And that's if Josh Jacobs leaves, what does that backfield look like there? They, they don't really have anybody. They have, um, Zamir white, Zamir white, Um, somebody else there too. That's not good. But sincere mccormick i think did they bring in sincere too. mccormick you're probably right i think yeah. so but nobody the, that really stands out yeah i mean like i i hate to yeah jacob johnson i always bring that dude up because i have no idea who that is uh, amir abdullah <laughs> is, the, is the other one um yeah 
Damian Harris just feels like the perfect fit. I mean, he knows Josh McDaniels, knows the system, knows the fit. I feel like that's probably the one team that would be willing to pay him more than anybody else. So, like, that just feels like the perfect fit. I'd like it because, like I said, I still think Damian Harris is a good running back. Maybe he gets put in there and actually is given the shot to be just, like, the two-down back and then have some other receiving back there. Maybe it is Sincere McCormick. Maybe they grab grab somebody in the draft. But I think Harris is the perfect fit for the Raiders. I like that call. Uh, before we move on to the wide receivers here, I mean, like we talked about the rookies in this year's class, very deep. I think this is a pretty deep free agency running back class, like not studs, but there's very solid options here. Is there anybody that you are looking to invest in on this list of free agents that you think could see a huge stock jump, a huge bump in value, given everything else around this free agency and, and, and NFL draft running back class and all that uncertainty? Yeah, I think for me, it would probably be, I mean, Barkley, I think is out of the question, right? Like yeah, I doubt right. anybody who rosters Barkley is willing to to sell him at this point. For me, it would probably be the cheapest I think you could get is Damian Harris. And I really think that he is still going to be good. The other one would be Miles Sanders because I just feel like it's been more Philly not willing to give him the ball because when he's had it, for the most part, he's been efficient. Like last year, he was a really good running back. The thing that killed him for fantasy is he literally scored zero touchdowns. Like that hurts you in fantasies. You're not getting those points. And we saw, I believe it wasn't until week eight or nine this year that he scored his first touchdown in like almost two years. So I feel like he's still a very good running back, just hasn't gotten a run. I would imagine whatever team brings him in is bringing him saying, hey, you're either going to be, like I said, the lead guy in this rotation or you, this is your role. And I feel like he'll excel at that. So if you want to go super cheap, I think you can get for like probably even a third round pick. Cause we know once we get close to the NFL draft, people are going to fall in love with these rookies and it's going to become a whole thing. I think you get Damian Harris for like a third. And then uh, Miles Sanders would be the other one I'd be trying to acquire unless Josh Jacobs goes to the bills and I probably do what I can. To get him. <laughs> yeah. But I think if he goes to the bills, that's uh that price jumps a good yeah, bit. It's probably like, going to be close to like a first if he goes to the bills. Yeah. I, I like buying Damian Harris now too. That was a good name to single out here. And, and then I think that um, Kareem Hunt, depending on where he ends up, because we haven't really seen him be a lead back here in, in Cleveland for the past, like what, like two years. Um, so, but when he was, when he was with the Chiefs, he was still very good. I think he's kind of forgotten a little bit. Now he's a little bit older, so I think there's a little more risk, but I still think he's pretty cheap too. Um, moving into the wide receivers here, and the, the wide receiver free agent class is definitely weaker. This, there's not really any name on this list that I'm excited for. Now, last year we had some big names. We had Allen Robinson, and you know, while that hasn't necessarily worked out like we thought it would still a big name we had um chris godwin was a free agent um uh, there were a couple other guys on the list too christian kirk uh and there's a couple guys on this list here that are back again like juju and jarvis landry and dj chark uh those are really the three headliners three other names uh, marvin jones and jacoby myers and alan lazard those are really the big names and that's not a good class here Um, anybody on this list that excites you at all? Chark and Lazard. Charks okay. look good for Detroit outside of the injury, which has kind of become synonymous with him, unfortunately, is injuries. Where I would love to see Chark go, and I don't know that they'd be willing to do it because they already stupidly paid a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, would be the Bears. Wow. I think he would be the perfect fit there with Justin Fields. You know, whether it's 
him still not nailing down his mechanics. I know he tried to like tighten up his release a little bit more. And I feel like that's caused him because he never had these like accuracy issues in college. And I wonder if some of that is due to like him trying to change up his mechanics a little bit, possibly one of the worst mechanical mechanical player I've ever seen in my life was Blake Bortles and <laughs> DJ Chark. I, did he have one year with Blake Bortles or am I thinking mm-hmm. that wrong? He did. Did he have one year with Blake Bortles? I don't remember if I, it was Bortles I, or Minshew. I think it was Minshew. Minshew, I think, did, does have decent mechanics. But regardless, like DJ Chart can play with a quarterback that's not top tier or elite. And I really think that Justin Fields needs that guy. And it's not Chase Claypool. And it's not Darnell Mooney. And I do think that Chart can be that for him. I would also, if Chart doesn't go there, I'd actually like to see Alan Lazard go there. One of those two. Just give Justin Fields a big target that can actually catch the ball. So if you throw the ball to Chase Claypool, he tries to smack it away from him before he actually <laughs> tries to catch it. So I'd like him to get somebody who can actually catch the ball. But those are really the only two. Like I love Jarvis. I think he was a main reason Cleveland was able to turn around and become you can't really call a team with five wins competent, but at least they were decent for a couple of years that he was there. But I kind of feel like he's clearly on the back end of his career. Juju with the injuries. Like I love him as a person. I don't have any faith in like his fantasy value moving forward either. You know, Jacoby Myers is what he is. Same with Marvin Jones. It would just be DJ Chark and Alan Lazard if they land in the right offense for me. Yeah, I think, Chark is a guy that I'm still honestly not 100% sure what to do with. He's a guy that I, I thought after that big year with Minshew, this is a guy who I think could take a step into that wide receiver one group. Did not happen, and I, I I think that that was probably a bad call on my part. He's probably not quite that good, but I think he can be a very serviceable wide receiver too, and I think he can be a wide receiver 1A on a team. I don't think he can be the, like, alpha dog on a team any anymore I, I think we saw that that's probably not his role but he can be that big guy on the outside like you said if you pair him with darnell mooney uh if you were talking about um chicago there or if you, you know you want to pair him with um Traylon burks in yeah. tennessee i i think that he still has some value so i like that call there but with juju I'm not ready to give up on Juju yet, man. I think he's really talented. I think he's not quite the player we thought he was going to be after that huge rookie year, but I still think he can be a mid-tier fantasy wide receiver too, depending on where he ends up. And I I think he'll have some suitors here this off this offseason. Now, he didn't have quite as many suitors as we thought the previous offseason. I think landing in Kansas City helps. Uh, and when he has been healthy, he's been solid this year. But like you said, it has been the injury. So I, I still have some hope for Juju. Yeah, I mean, is there a team that you'd like to see him go to? Like, is it just going back to the Chiefs? I mean, like to me, the most intriguing one, and again, it's all relies on the complicated fella himself, Aaron Rodgers. Like if they could, like, I think if he comes back, Lazar probably comes back. If yeah. they could get like a Juju, like I think that would all of a sudden that offense changes completely because they not only get a guy he can rely on on the outside, but Juju who can play in the slot and on the outside as well. So that would be a spot I'd like to see him go to if Aaron Rodgers comes back. Like outside of that, like, I think it's just the Chiefs. Like I, I'd hate for him to go to the Patriots, the yeah. Rams. I mean, let, let, well, they have Cooper Cup. That's a little redundant. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, Juju I was going to, I was going to be like a really mean person, but I'm, I'm going to let that oh. go. 
just because you know, like Matt Stafford only sees one thing, and I'll just put mm, it this way: Cooper Cup. He sees Cooper Cup, but then when Cooper Cup's not on the field, he also only throws to Ben Skoranek. And if you put two and two together, they're not Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'll just leave it at that. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There's some questionable calls and everything, but yeah, like I would not like to see him go to the Rams. I, like the Titans is an interesting one for me, but like they've never really had like they've never been able to have two wide receivers be fantasy viable. No. So like yeah, I, I almost think like you if you roster Traylon Burks, you hope they don't bring any, or if they yeah. do, it's like a Marvin Jones who's just gonna be like a guy who has a couple of games here and there. So I is it just the Chiefs that you'd like to see him go to? Is there anywhere else you think that he could like be a viable fantasy threat? I think the Chiefs and the Packers are the two best landing spots. I think you nailed that. I think he could be good in Atlanta. I think he would complement the two twin towers that they have there already in um, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. He can give them something underneath. Now, quarterback play is going to be a bit of a question on that. You know, we'll we'll have to see how Ritter plays, but I think he could be a nice complementary piece there in Atlanta. And maybe he doesn't lead that wide receiver room, but I still think he could return some solid value there. Now it's Atlanta's running Arthur Smith's offense, which you were just talking about Tennessee, not really being able to support multiple wide receivers. So his fantasy value would take a hit there, but I think real life value would be nice. And the Falcons are my team. So that's my other pick. Yeah. I mean, if, if they could implement some of those, like um, Ryan day concepts where they line up like yeah. trips on the outside, you have, Kyle Pitts and Drake London standing up front. And then you have Juju like kind of standing back in the slot. Like, he's going to get lost because he's so small. So like when those two guys go, like Juju's just wide open. As long as Desmond Ritter hits him, which is also a question at times, Juju could be making big plays. So I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's a little bit more selfish there, but you know, we named off a lot of teams here that, that could use some, some wide receivers teams that we didn't mention uh, the giants. You know, Kenny Galladay experiment did not work. Sterling yeah. Shepard is going to be a free agent, although I didn't list him on here. Darius Slayton has started to come alive a little bit here, but he's not really anybody that, you know, you feel great about being your wide receiver one. So they definitely have some needs. You mentioned the Patriots. I think the Rams could still use another wide receiver. The Allen Robinson show has not worked out particularly well. I think the Panthers could use a wide receiver. They have DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall is at there as well, who has a little bit of potential, but they could. Uh, Sorry. No, you're good. George Kittle's having a game. Is he? Yeah, I keep seeing him trending. In, I mean, it's just a regular, uh, it is tight end premium, 27.3 points right now. Whew. Yeah. What league is that one in for you? Uh, that's my home dynasty league. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Getting back on track, though, I think the Panthers could use a wide receiver. No, you're good. Uh, the Vikings, they obviously have their wide receiver one in Jamar or in uh, Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's getting old, though. I don't know yeah. all the BC Johnson's it. They they traded for Jalen Rager, but has he even sniffed the field since then? So they could use somebody else there. And then the Texans, too, I, I think could definitely use somebody. Those are all teams that I think could definitely use somebody. And then maybe's the Packers. Um depending on how Christian Watson continues to develop and Romeo Dubes there too. The Saints, Jarvis Landry is a free agent. I think they can get out of Michael Thomas's contract as well. They would really only at that point have uh, Chris Olave. The Jags could be losing Marvin Jones here. Zay Jones has been actually surprisingly decent. 
Um, that's where they're in the maybes. The Raiders have uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Hunter Renfro, but they could use another body. And then you also mentioned the Browns potentially being able to use another body. So there's a lot of teams that can use wide receivers here. Now, this wide receiver draft class is not quite as deep as the running backs, and it's not quite as strong at the top as maybe we thought going into it, especially with Keyshawn Boutte, wide receiver from LSU going back. Is this another gonna is wide receiver gonna be similar to quarterback here where it's more chairs open than bodies to fill it? Yeah, I think so. Again, you just mentioned, I mean, this the free agent class is not really great. I mean, when you're again naming Marvin Jones and Jacoby Myers as like top <laughs> available free agents, you're probably like, Okay, cool, we're just gonna hit it in the draft. And then you really look at it, and you're like, There's probably only like three guys I want to draft. And that's or four. Am I thinking who am I forgetting? Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, JSN. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I? Josh Downs. Josh Downs. I feel like there's somebody else. But regardless, like there's four or five guys that you really want on your team. I would almost imagine I could honestly even see Josh Downs going first round. You're probably thinking the top running or wide receivers you want are all going to be gone in the first round. So then you're just taking shots on like no offense, but like Parker Washington, who's like he's had moments, but like is that a guy you really want to build your wide receiver core around? No, probably not. Like, you know, it's not a good wide receiver class. Marvin did he, Marvin Mims even declare? I don't even know. But not like, yet. I, not that I've seen. You should Marvin Mims because <laughs> I don't know you're gonna have a good year next year. But like even him, like that's not a guy you want to build your wide receiver class around. So it's really kind of just. You know, if you're Atlanta, I think at this point, if Ritter sucks, I think you still just want to ride with him and get like a top three pick and just be like, hey, we're going to grab Marvin Harrison. And, you know, Oof. Marvin Thanks. Harrison, Drake, London, Kyle Pitts, like Jasmine Ritter could be blindfolded and he's going to succeed because <laughs> all those guys can just, their wingspans cover the whole field. So you'll be good to go. Yeah, I think there are a couple other wide receivers here that are, that are in this class that are generating some buzz. Um, Jalen Hyatt, the Bolitnikoff winner, winner from he's going uh, to Tennessee. the Raiders that's just that's gonna happen it's just, it's <laughs> there's a that I could see that as well I actually think he would complement Adams and Renfro pretty well yeah um, I would love for him to stretch the defense and just continue to leave Devontae Adams wide open because I have yeah. a lot of shares of Devontae Adams so I'd appreciate yeah. it um Cedric Tillman the other wide receiver from Tennessee as well accepting a senior bowl invite here Rasheed Rice wide receiver from SMU also a senior bowl invite here, but those aren't guys that you're really excited about. Uh, there's a couple other names that we don't know if they're going to enter yet. Uh, like you said, with Marvin Mims, uh, the duo from Washington with uh, Dunze oh, yeah. and McMillan could both enter. So there's a lot of like decent options, but nobody really that great. Yeah. Like nobody stands out as like a wide receiver yeah. one that you want to build around. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, with the wide receivers here, kind of like with the running backs, is there anybody that you're looking to buy early with the hope that they see a bump in value? Yeah, for me, it would be it would be Chark and Lazard because I feel like Juju's name value still holds a lot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you still have to pay a little bit for him. Like, I really think you could probably get DJ Chark for a late second, early third and probably Lazard, too. Like, I don't think either one of those guys holds, especially because Lazard, well, I think he's been actually probably better than he gets credit for. Like, he's not been everybody expected him to be Devonte Adams when Devonte Adams left. And now because he hasn't been that, which is probably impossible for him to be to begin yeah. with. Like his value's been crushed. So like he's a guy that I would be would be willing to bet on because I think he's still a decent wide receiver. 
Yeah, I think those two are good calls, but there's not really anybody I'd be looking to buy right now, honestly. And I think Juju, you said his name, Cachet, still carries something. I think he's more of a sell, to be honest, because the situation is probably not going to get better than the Chiefs. It could yeah. be he could go back to the Chiefs. The Packers would be a nice landing spot. But in terms of fantasy production, I don't think there's a better spot he's going to land. Um, last position here, tight ends. And normally we kind of ignore tight ends, but I think this is actually an interesting class here. They have Mike Gusecki, who's a free agent, Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram signed a one-year deal with Jacksonville. Austin Hooper is going to be a free agent. He had, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of while since he's been yeah. fantasy relevant, but still an interesting name. Hayden Hurst, Robert Tanyan, and Irv Smith Jr. So there's some names on this list here. Yeah, I don't care about any of them, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> Mike Gusecki is interesting to me because of the athletic freak that he is. But he hasn't really shown that at the NFL level. Like, he's had flashes and moments kind of like his career at Penn State. I just, I kind of feel like that's who he is, who he is. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram is interesting to me. I know he still struggles with the drop issues, but, like, he's been good. I whoever Jacksonville brings in, I want because Doug Peterson has shown a consistency to build through and run his offense through tight ends. And I wonder if he brings Evan Ingram back. Uh, But outside of them, like I like Austin Hooper. I like Dalton Schultz. I like Hayden Hurst, Tanya and Irv Smith, but like realistically, they're all kind of the same guys. And those are none of guys that I want to like, I don't want to pay for them. You're not going to get anything for them if you try and sell them. And, and they're not ever probably going to be anything better than like tied in 12. And that's probably because they scored a touchdown in any given week. And that's why they jumped up there. Like they're just not a, if you don't have one of those elite guys and you know, so what is that? Pitts, Kittle, who Kelsey. am I forgetting? Kelsey. Andrews. There's someone else. I'm for Andrews. That's really it, right? Like Wallers, I don't think deserves to be up in that category anymore. Like I think Mayer has a shot to be close to that discussion next year coming out. I don't think he'll be in it to start off, but I think he'll be close. But like outside of that, like if you really go and break down tight end points, I've done this before. If you go and look at from what like tight end six through like tight end 26 scores, over a season, it's like a difference of like scoring like one extra point a week. Like it's so close, and all those other guys like I find the cheapest one you can get and buy them if you really need a tight end. If you can't get one of those top guys, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I I like to go with the stud tight end approach. Like I have a lot of Travis Kelsey. Um, I have some Mark Andrews. I have some George Kittle. Like I like to build through a stud tight end. Cause he said, it's just, it's, it's just a huge difference maker, but there's only so many of those, which is why I'm intrigued by the top three guys on this list. Mostly Mike Kosicki, like you said, athletic freak. I think if he goes to the right team, the right system, he could be uh, not, I don't think he would be in that conversation with any of those top guys, but he could be in that next tier down with the guys like Hawkinson Goddard yeah. kind of on that level. Um, Dalton Schultz mostly gets his value from being in Dallas, I think. I think he would take a hit if he went anywhere else. Um, but Evan Ingram is, is a guy that I like. Uh, he's been seeing a bit of a career resurgence here. And, and I'm with you. I think we could see him re-sign with Jacksonville. And that would be really interesting to me. Yeah, I've been tar- I targeted him pretty cheap this year because Doug Peterson likes to build through the tight end. And because he's a good receiver. I said he has the drop issues. He's 
kind of small. He has some issues in his game overall, but for fantasy purposes, we don't really care. Yeah. He's a good receiver overall and in a good system. If he goes back there, I'm definitely interested in him. If he goes somewhere else, probably not as interested. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that's really going to do it for us here tonight, unless you have any final parting shots. I mean, you mentioned Michael Mayer at the, uh, as a rookie here, and I think he's a really intriguing name. Any other rookies you're interested in at all here? I think this is kind of a weaker class. Yeah, I mean, I think every tight end class is just unfortunately going to be weak just due to the nature of the position. Yeah. I, I think you're looking at probably – most years, if you can get two guys, like you're thrilled. I mean, I know some people think Darnell Washington is going to be it. I don't personally. I think it's really just going to be Mayor, like May Tucker Craft, who I know Chris Moxley has mentioned. I, I think he's going to be good, but I think Moxley said he might be coming back to school for another year. He would be the only other guy. But this North Dakota State, I think, is where he plays. I think he's right South now. Dakota State. South Dakota State. Yeah, like he's a very, very good tight end. He's a like I know this is probably going to get me canceled, but I feel like he's he's realistically on like that Travis Kelsey like spectrum when he comes out. Like they're very close to the same size. I feel like he plays very much like Kelsey does. Like he's one that I would be one hundred percent be willing to bet on, but I, I think he's going back to school, so I, I don't think he'll be coming out this year. Interesting. Yeah, I I know the name. Um, I know where he goes to school, and that's all, that's it. I have not looked at his game at all. Couldn't tell you what his size was. Couldn't tell you what his receiving production was. I assume it's pretty good if he's getting buzz. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to say he's like a 30% market share of their offense. Like he's, he's been really good. Like, I know he's almost the exact height weight of Travis Kelsey. Okay. Cause I was like, cause like that's who he reminded me of. And I, I know you agree with like, I hate comps. I really don't yeah. like doing it, but like, I was looking at like, that's just kind of who he reminded me of. And it sucks because Chris Moxley gets the credit for that now, even though like, <laughs> I brought this up and like, so we have an NFL draft channel, like behind the scenes here in our Slack. And we were talking about, we put out earlier this year, like our top, I think it was 30 players or 32 players, something like that, that we did. And I, I petitioned to put Tucker craft in there and all of you just like completely ignored my message. And then Chris, well, I, I did, him. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And then like a week later, Chris Mox is like, Oh, I think this Tucker craft kid's going to feel this. Like, Oh, you're so smart. Chris. I hate, I hate all of you. So, uh, the only other name rookie wise uh, that's interesting to me is Dalton Kincaid, um, the yeah. tight end out of yeah. Utah. He declared uh, he had a phenomenal year this year, and and I, he's got pretty solid size, good receiver, too. So that's a name I keep an eye on, but that's really about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They forgot about Kincaid. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here tonight. I appreciate you hopping on again, spending your Thursday night with me getting a little date night in um, while Austin is away and Felix are away. Uh, We will actually be running this back on Saturday on the better sports network. I will be on Saturday morning. Uh, The only reason I'm allowed on is because Austin is not there, Uh, but this will be my second appearance on there. Uh, So tune into the better sports network 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. We'll be coming to you live. We'll be breaking down some bowl games, recapping the one bowl game uh, that already occurred, uh, and talking a little bit about uh, you know the, the rest of the bowl slate here. So that'll be that'll be a fun show. Uh, and then also, if you are, I know this is the Canton Bound show, but if you're a C2C player, 
If you are a college football fan in general, we are going to be coming live on Wednesday all day with the early signing day show. Wednesday is the first day that uh, high school recruits can sign with their teams. So early signing day, there will be tons of news coming out all day with that. Join us on the live stream on our YouTube channel, Campus to Canton. Uh, and we'll have guys popping in and out. We'll be talking about that all day, all of the breaking down and more from a fantasy lens. You know, you can check out from on 24 seven sports. They're going to have it from a class perspective and, and, you know, just from general college football, but we'll be bringing it to you from a fantasy perspective. We're going to be the only place that you can get that kind of info. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun for us. I mean, for obviously I know everybody listening to Cantonbound, you, you clearly love the NFL. So I imagine some of your favorite days of the year are is the NFL draft. It's it's fun for us too. I mean, I know you, me, Mike, and uh, Jared did a day two coverage of that last year. It's always fun to talk about the NFL. That's what this is for us on the college side. Like early early signing day is really kind of our NFL draft day. So we'll be live for. I still don't understand why the boss wanted to do eight hours, but we're going to be live for eight hours talking about all these guys. And as Colin mentioned, we'll all be popping in and out for eight hours and, and approaching, like he said, recruiting from a fantasy angle. I can promise you we'll be the only ones doing that. So yeah, 24 seven sports is great at what they do. They don't understand the part of the game that we do. And that that's where I think we're going to shine. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, it. it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely be tuning in Wednesdays in my office days. So I won't be hopping on there at least maybe not until later in the evening. We'll, we'll see on that one, but um, you will be holding yeah. it down Austin. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be tuning in, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, appreciate you hopping on here again. And until next time, this is Colin. And this is Matt. And have a good one. <laughs>